Hallelujah. It's good to be back. Talk about a variety of singing. I think we've heard it. That's great. Wonderful. Wonderful singing. A lot of things have happened since I was here last, and I'm excited. You know that I was arrested in Vietnam about 13, 14 years ago, and they tried me and found me guilty, and then they threw me out of the country. Well, I came back to America and got a new passport and tried to get back into Vietnam through Hong Kong. But they had my name in the computer. They took my brand new passport and stamped it, an enemy of the People's Republic of Vietnam. So that meant 10 more years waiting. A passport's good for 10 years. And uh, so finally, I think it's been 11 years or 12 since they stamped my last passport. So I had one more chance. I'm getting too old to wait 10 more years to get back in Vietnam. So in November, I was in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, me and my missionary Jojo. And I said, Jojo, I think I'll go to the Vietnamese embassy and see if they won't issue me a visa. And he said, well, it's worth a shot. They can't eat you. (laughs) So we went down to the uh, Vietnamese embassy, and lo and behold, the, the people working in the embassy were Khmer. They weren't Vietnamese at all. And they just give me a, a, a visa, and I got on a bus. And I'm going to write a book about that bus ride from uh, Phnom Penh to Saigon, and what a blessing. But anyway, God's blessing us. We've got an orphanage now we're working with, and God's just doing all kinds of things. And the Grace Baptist Church in Phnom Penh, that's the city church. We've got several out in the provinces. Twenty-six people were saved in January. Adults, all adults. And, and that's a marvelous thing. And God's just doing so much. Our correspondence course with the, uh, Lahu tribe in northern Thailand and, and, uh, Burma and China. We now have 386 students taking our correspondence course. And that's marvelous. And of course we have our 12 students in school. And they'll be in school for four years and then we'll have 12 more. And uh, the other day I got an email from Joshua. That's not his name. I just can't say his name. Chan something. And uh, so I call him Joshua. And he emailed me and said that uh, uh, one of the Christian leaders of the Lisa tribe saw our correspondence course and wants us to translate that correspondence course into Lisa. So praise the Lord. That's a whole new tribe of people we'll be dealing with. And that's a blessing. Pray for our churches in Burma. We've got a lot of things going on in Burma right now. I was supposed to leave in two weeks and go into the villages, spend two weeks in, in the, uh, the mountains, going to each of our villages where we have a student. And uh, now they've closed the border, so I can't go. And uh, a real concerned about food. Now, none of our people were hurt in, in the big flood, the tidal wave and and the monsoon, or the big storm that came, cyclone that came through. None of our folks, because we're all up in the mountains. But they've got friends and family in Rangoon and uh, a very serious situation. And, of course, the main fear right now is food. They're not exporting any rice anymore out of Vietnam, out of Thailand, or uh, out of Cambodia. And this big storm has wiped out most of the, the crop in Burma, the lower land crop. So what those people are going to do is they're going to go to the mountains to the tribal people and steal all their food at harvest time. 
And that, that's kind of a scary thing. That's a dangerous place. And they, they won't let us help them. And, and that's sad. So uh, I heard the other day that a Vietnam veteran has got people sneaking across the border carrying food into Burma. And I, I don't know who he won't, Nobody knows who he is. But I'm going to find out. And I'd like to see him. What a blessing. Uh, I, I was uh, going to go again in two weeks, uh, first to the mountains in Burma and then to Cambodia. And uh, we were building a new church in Cambodia in the province. And the rainy season has come one month early. we got rainy season. So that means we can't get our stuff uh, to the village except by ox cart. So that's what they're doing. So uh, praise the Lord. Another church. That will be the second church this year that we build, church building. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Mark. And I'll preach a short message for you tonight, and I hope it'll be a help and a blessing. I've been busy. I preached two times this morning. I've been in meetings every week, and and uh, this week I'm off a little bit, I hope. And I've got to make a doctor's appointment. My knees are giving out on me, so I'm going to get the VA to maybe fix them. And, uh, or give me a shot or something, because uh, it's very painful. It, getting old is not for sissies. And I abused my body when I was young, and I'm paying for it now. I'm going to preach a message entitled, Somebody Get Me to Jesus. Somebody Get Me to Jesus. And I'll begin reading with verse number one, and, and just give you four or five little thoughts out of this, this text. It says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, and, and, and uh, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come now in the name of the Lord. And God, we thank you so much for this good church. We thank you for the man of God that you have here, and what a great man he is. We pray that you'll continue to bless him and his leadership, and God bless the church. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to come together 
and this church having a part in my ministry. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray you'll help us tonight. Speak to our hearts, and we'll praise you for it. But we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody get me to Jesus. We have here a man in a a state of helplessness, a state of hopelessness, a state of restlessness. And there's not a thing he can do for himself. Nothing he can do for himself. Somebody has to help him. Somebody has to get him where he needs to go. And that's pretty much true of the lost world. They they can't help themselves, and and they're not able. They don't know, Uh, but they they can get there if somebody will help them get there. And that's what God wants us to do, to work together as a team to get people to the Lord Jesus Christ in any way we can, to to just get them to Him, and He'll make all the difference in the world. I want you to notice with me, uh, the word they, the word they is used five times in verse 3 and 4. Note also that it says in verse 5, their faith. We must believe. We must believe that if we can get people to the Lord, if I can get my brother to the Lord, if I can get my friend to the Lord, I, I believe God will save him. And I believe God will change him if I can just get him there. We need a revival of faith. I preached a message on that last week in the revival meeting. We need a revival of faith. We used to believe more than we do now. We used to pray more than we do now. We used to see more than we see now. God, give us a revival of faith. And we'll see people getting born again. I'm amazed at my village churches and my people in, in Kamai. Uh, my Khmer people in, in Cambodia, they get out every morning and, and walk through the village and tell people about the Lord. And, and when we get a church in, in a village, it's not long, and everybody in the village gets saved. I mean, they believe it, and, and they pray for it, and they do something about it, and, and God blesses that. He sees their faith. And that makes all the difference in the world. Let's look at that. People need our help. And it's our duty. And it's our responsibility to help them. Notice five things. First notice with me the presence of the preacher. The presence of the preacher in verse 1 and 2. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. What, what a blessing. Three thoughts. Number one, the person. The person. Who was the preacher? Hallelujah. Who was the preacher? It was the designer of the plan. It was the author of the book. It was the creator of man. It was the finisher of the faith. But you can't improve on preaching like that. Amen. That's who the preacher was. The one that knows it all. The one that created it all. He was there. He entered. It said in verse number 1, And it was noise that he was in the house. And he preached. Glory to God. Something's going to happen when he shows up. What a blessing that was. 
And so we see the person, but then we notice the packed house. In verse number 2, the packed house. And, and I understand in those days the average house was about, about 50. Uh, people could gather in the average house then. And, of course, people were all outside and reminded me of uh, uh, Cambodia. And I may have told you the story before about taking Lance over there and Lance Carpenter and him about dying. <laughs> he couldn't hardly handle it. Uh, but we were in one of those little places up on stilts. And hot, miserably hot. With a, they were cooking uh, underneath with the bamboo floors and that that charcoal smoke coming up in there. It was about 110 degrees, I think. Miserable, miserable place. And, and they line up. And we got them little plastic chairs. And they line up. They bring their chair and they put the first one all the way in the back, and then the next one. And when they get as tight as they can, then another row goes in until everybody they can they can get in that building. And uh, it's terrible. Lance and his 12-string guitar and the sweat rolling off his elbows. Oh, what a blessing. Anyhow, that's what I thought of when I thought about this house. Uh, It's jam-packed full. There's no breathing room. It's hot. It's miserable. People are stuffed like a can of sardines. They heard that he was there. Obviously, he was there before, and he had done things that they had heard about. Uh, He came again. And this time, everybody wanted to get a glimpse of this man. The person in the packed house in the preaching. The preaching. It says, He preached the Word unto them. That word is logos. That means the, the, the divine expression of God. That's what He preached. Hey, no mother-in-law jokes here, buddy. No comic book characters here. He preached the Word unto them. What a blessing that is. The Word, the the divine expression of God, the grace and truth of God is what He preached. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but He's also God the Son. He preached God the Son unto them, which is Him. And the Word word became flesh and dwelt among us. Glory to God, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what He was preaching about. Amen. Hey, what, what a service that was. We notice the presence of the preacher. But then second, if you will, notice with me the picture of the predicament. The picture of the predicament in verse 3 and 4. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the, the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Three thoughts. First, there's the picture of a problem. There's the picture of a problem. The person was sick. The Bible says he was sick of the palsy, uh, some paralytic, something like that, and, and he was very sick. The person was sick, but the problem was sin. The problem was sin. Verse number 5, we see God forgave him before he healed him. His problem was he needed to be saved. He he needed to be forgiven. Hey, our problem's not sickness. It's sinfulness. And that's what needed to be taken care of. The picture of the problem. But then there's the picture of a partnership. Born of four. 
I wonder who they were. Who were these four people? Maybe it was family. Maybe it was friends. Or maybe it was just the faithful. Amen. The faithful. Somebody knew. Somebody's got to get him to the Lord. The only hope he has is to get him to the Lord. People working together with one common goal. Get them to Jesus. Get them to Jesus. I'll tell you what. We all have our gifts and abilities and talents. I'm not much of a singer. And I scare kids to death. Sometimes I get loud and I'm big and, and, and I fight. I'm, I, I'm not, don't put me in the nursery. We'll have a riot. <laughs> now there's a lot of things people can do that I can't do. There's a lot of things I can do they can't do. A lot of them. Everybody I've ever taken with me to the jungle has gotten sick. Sick. I never get sick. <laughs> I, I eat all the junk that, that they have if I have to. And, and I never get sick. Not everybody can do that. Now, my dear wife, we've been married 46 years. She's scared of snakes. She can't make it in the jungle. She's scared of spiders, and they get spiders big as uh, plates over there. She, she never make it in the jungle. Uh, uh, she likes ice in her drinks. Uh, she never make it in the jungle. Uh, uh, there, but, but she can make it where I can't. Hey, we've got to work together. We've got to work together. We've got to work together. I'll be honest with you, I'd have trouble doing mission work if it wasn't for her and her partnership and her praying and and her getting me all packed and ready to go. Hey, we're working together. I I think of all the great things that God has done in Southeast Asia, and and sometimes I just need to bring that picture machine I have that just rolls them over and and let you look at the things God's done. What, What a blessing. You did that. You're a part of that. You're a part of that every month. You're, you're, you're a part of paying those preachers and feeding those people and, and now the, the orphanage and, and the Bible schools. and the, You're a part of that. People working together in a partnership to get folks to Jesus. There's the picture of a problem. There's the picture of a partnership. But then there's the picture of persistence. I, I never have like quitters. I never have like quitters. I, I like people that finish what they, they set out to do. And uh, that, that's a blessing. And these are the kind of guys these were. I, the kind of guys that, that, that took charge of this situation. We notice their opposition. And of course, their opposition here was people. It was because people were in their way that they couldn't get anything done. And that's true. If I, if I listen to my mama... Bless her dear heart. My mom was 84. Great lady, wonderful lady. But she's been telling me all my life, hey, you don't need to do that. I joined the military on my 17th birthday. She said, you don't need to do that. I volunteered for things that maybe I, I was a little nuts to volunteer. She said, you don't need to do that. And then when I surrendered to preach and, and uh, got out of the military, had 15 years, and, and I, I was wounded, and I could have sat at the desk for the last five years and retired with 20. But I took my medical and got out. And when she heard I was going to get out, she said, You don't need to do that. Stay for 20. God can wait five more years. Amen. And then going to the mission field, you don't need to do Hey, if we listen to people, we'd never get anything done. There's always opposition. No one knows. No one knows. I, I wish I could give you my burden. I was in that village, a little Vietnamese village we have right on the 
Mekong River. And they'd call me over. We got Christians in the village and had a baby that was dying. And they said, get the preacher. And I came at night and you could smell the stench in this little village, dirty little village on the river. And I looked down at the baby and the mother picked it up and said, help my baby. Well, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I could see the baby was going to die. And, and so I just began telling them about uh, what God had done and how God had given them this gift. And, and now He's taking the gift home, but they'd see it again. And the mother was a Christian. And boy, God did great things in that village. Great things. You talk about increasing my burden. I, I can't give you my burden. You've got to have your own. You've got to have your own burden. You, you've got to have your own burden. Uh, regardless of opposition, go and get it done. There was opposition. There were obstacles. Obstacles, a roof. And uh, it makes me think of a bunch of Marines, you know. Improvise. Improvise. Old drill sergeant, you know, we can't go this way, we'll go another way. And tear the roof off the place, amen, and, and, and get in. Get rid of the obstacles. Get the obstacles out of the way. And then there was obligation. Obligation. A sense of duty. We may never get another chance. We better get him to Jesus now. And that's a good, good attitude, isn't it? Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere. The presence of the preacher. The picture of the predicament. But then the power of the physician. The power of the physician. Verse 5, it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Verse 10, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. Wow. We see His power to recognize faith. Verse number 5. His power to recognize faith. How many times have I prayed, Oh God, help me out of my unbelief. I, I can't pretend I've got it if I don't. Because He knows. God, help me, help me with my unbelief. He's got the power to recognize faith and, and He's got the power to remove sin. Again, in verse number 5. The power to remove sin. But then third, we see His power to restore health. In verse 10 through 11. The power to restore health. Hey, nobody but God can do that. He has the power to make holy salvation. He has the power to make healthy restoration. And He's got the power to make happy expectation. Boy, when we expect something from God, what a blessing. Then number four. The presence of the preacher and the picture of the predicament and the power of the physician. But then the pharisaical prejudice. The pharisaical prejudice. Verse 6 through 11, we can see that there. Who does this man think he is? Nobody but God. Nobody but God can forgive sins. He's a blasphemer. He's a blasphemer. That's what he is. Notice with me. Their consideration. Their consideration in verse 6, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. The word reason means to reckon thoroughly. means to deliberate, to consider, to dispute in their hearts. i got a heart problem, amen. 
I got a heart problem, and that's what most religion is. It's a heart problem. Their consideration and then their accusation. In verse number 7, Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God? Nobody else. First, a negative accusation was spoken. Negative. He's a blasphemer. But then a positive acclamation was made. Only God. <laughs> they didn't know what they said. Only God can do it. This must be God. And in fact, it was. So we see the consideration and the accusation, then the demonstration in verse 8 through 11. The demonstration. He saw their ignorance in verse number 8. And immediately when Jesus perceived in His Spirit that they so reason within themselves, He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Why reason these things in your hearts? He saw their ignorance. But then He showed His intelligence, His wisdom in verse 9 through 11. Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. Hallelujah! What a blessing! He showed his wisdom. And then last, and here's where I'm going. The presence of the preacher, the picture of the predicament, the power of the physician, the pharisaical prejudice, and then the proclamation of the people. I'll tell you what, if we get folks to Jesus, other people are going to see it. Other people are going to hear about it. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I, I was preaching the other day uh, on, in Mars Hill, where Paul was preaching at Mars Hill before the court. I preached an Easter sermon on Mars Hill. You see the, the Acropolis. And, and uh, man, what a, what a place. You look down on the market. And uh, what I could just picture all of that while Paul was preaching. And then the Bible says that some got saved. One member of the court got saved. And then a lady got saved. And others. And it doesn't say there was a great revival meeting there at all. We don't know how many got saved in, in, at all. And then Paul left, and that was about it. But a church was started in Athens. God built a church there. So somebody saw it, and somebody heard it, and it made a difference. I'll tell you what, a lot of people got saved because I got saved. I'll be doing the Vietnam Memorial in October to the SEAL team, the Black Ponies, and, and uh, uh, the Sea Wolves. And we'll be meeting at the wall in Washington, and I'll be doing a memorial there uh, in October for our dead. And, uh, uh, man, you'd be surprised how many of those guys are saved now. I don't think any of us were saved back during the war, but, but you'd be surprised. And how many are preaching? Man, it, it rubs off. And folks see it, man, what happened to you? And then something happens. And that's what happened here. The proclamation of the people in verse number 12. And immediately he arose and took up his bed and went forth before them all. And so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Let me give you three thoughts and I'll be through. First, the healthy cripple. The healthy cripple, it says, Arise, arose, took up his bed, and went forth. 
he sprang up, picked up that bed and threw it on his back and, and headed out the door. Amen. Hallelujah. This guy that they had to lift down is now jumping up in the air and shouting glory and taking off to home. What a blessing that is. The healthy cripple, and then the hearkening crowd. He did it before them all insomuch that they were all amazed. That means they were astonished. It means they were beside themselves with wonder. And they had seen what the Lord had done. At the power of Christ and the strength of this man. Oh, God, thank you. It makes a difference. Matthew 9, 8. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Luke 5, 26. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. That word strange means extraordinary. Extraordinary. I, I like it when that happens. I remember preaching on the forecastle of an aircraft carrier. What a blessing. Them sailors and marines many years ago, and, and I was invited to come and preach to them. So I got up there and preached. Boy, I preached my heart out, and God touched hearts, and, and lives were changed. And, and I'd seen that before, and that was a blessing. But suddenly, here come this bosun mate out of the bosun locker. He had grease from one hand to another. Just a little waiting 19-year-old kid. And, and did working in there and the chains and all that stuff in the bosun locker, which is on the forecastle. And he come out and tears run down his cheeks. He said, can I get saved? And, and all these guys thought, oh, man, you talk about seeing strange things that day. That, that place came apart. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior. Extraordinary. Man, I don't want commonplace. I want God to really show. Nobody could have done that but God. The healthy cripple, the hearkening crowd, and the hearty commendation. And they glorified God, saying we never saw it on this fashion. Now here, I'm going to conclude. Here it is, very simply. They cared. They cared. Man, if we don't care. We're in trouble. If we don't care, we're not serving any purpose. They cared and they carried. Man, if you care, you'll do something. Love is an action word. It's an action word. It does things. They cared and they carried. And Jesus cured. He can take care of the problems, amen, if we'll just get them to Jesus. So I wanted to say tonight, and I'll give this to your pastor. Thank you, church, for caring. It's made a difference. You probably never know till you get the glory. But you cared. And you cared. And God's cured. God's done great things.